Welcome to Leith HR Group Presents HR Nightmares. This is the podcast and YouTube channel where we talk about all the things that we said we were going to put in that uh, little special HR book written by HR professionals with all the gory details of the things that employees did wrong throughout our careers. But instead, we decided to gather around a bunch of microphones and yak it up. It's so, 2022. This is the way we're supposed what to you do. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No one reads the manual anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So we're here with a really special guest. Um, I'll first introduce the ladies from the Leith HR Group team. Why don't you introduce yourself, actually? Yeah, Gabby Plumet, Leith HR and Work Talk. Amy Conway. And our special guest, Tiffany Tucker. Hello, hello. Tiffany and I have known each other, I think, for a couple years now. Yeah, this is like year three. I was thinking about that when we got into this. I was like, this is year three? Yeah, year three. Oh. Um, But Tiffany is a really special woman. She's a leader. She is the, uh, well, her formal title at UNCW is Deputy Director of Athletics, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But she has a, the really impressive part from her background was she played basketball for Chapel Hill. And everybody loves that. Come on. Um, Everybody loves the Tar Heels. (laughs) Except the Duke fan. (laughs) They just make poor decisions They're not tuning into this episode. (laughs) But um, really happy to have you here. We want to hear all about like your journey to getting where you are Mm -hmm. today. And then I think our main topic is really going to be about transitioning student athletes because you've got yeah. such an impact on student athletes and we love new graduates. I'm a big, big fan of new graduates. I got one myself about a year ago. Um, they're making them smarter and smarter. So if you're requiring a couple of years of experience, you might want to reconsider that. Yeah. But definitely want to talk about transitioning student athletes. But just tell us a little bit about your journey um, from Virginia, Petersburg, Virginia, to getting where you're at mm-hmm. today at UNCW. Well, first, before we jump into this thing, I have to say I admire you all because I do, wa- I do watch HR Nightmares, and I prefer the YouTube version, <laughs> Aww, so I can you. see you thank all, you. <laughs> so I can actually see you all. Um, but no, it's been awesome being your friend and watching you grow as a businesswoman here in the community. Um, I, like I said, I, sh- I shout you out to all my students. Like there are strong women in this community who are making a huge impact in whatever field or business that they're in. So it's important that they see you and they see other strong women in our community that are able to create tables for themselves. So I salute you for that. Thank you. Um, But my story, gosh, Reader's Digest version (laughs) is... um, I have amazing parents that are super tall. So in in YouTube world, (laughs) if I was not sitting at this table, um, I'm 6'5". And everyone knows when they see me, there is a presence when I walk into a room. And not just because I'm super tall. It's just because of who I am in my heart. I'm uh, I'm a person who loves people. And uh, growing up with parents who were very inclusive pairings, very like intentional about making sure that I was able to do the things I wanted to do. And of course, I fell in love with athletics. My mom was a track and field athlete. My mom, my, my dad, he wasn't an athlete, but he was super like a sports guy. And I fell in love with basketball at about five years old, started playing on an all boys team. And this was what back in I can't tell my age. That's you can tell your age. I mean, that's that's HR nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. We can't ask it, but you, but can, you tell can tell it. Tell. Yeah, yeah. So HR this works. was back in the day, and. You know, one thing kind of led to another, became a really, really good women's basketball player in high school. We won a lot of a lot of trophies, won a lot of awards, and one of the most prized possessions, I was able to attend the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill mm-hmm. on an athletic scholarship. Awesome. And mm-hmm. had some other opportunities academically to go some places, but I knew throughout the process and recruiting and how convoluted that process is after taking a trip down to Chapel Hill and having Coach Hatchell come to my home and speak with my parents about and what I wanted to do as a person as opposed to just being an athlete. I knew that Carolina was the fit for me. So fast forward, 
graduated, won a couple ACC championships while I was there. Hey, was no able, big deal. You know, no big deal. I uh, was able to travel outside of the country, able to do some things that someone from, like you said, Petersburg, Virginia, I didn't know a lot of people that were going out of the country. I didn't even know what a passport was, <laughs> you know, until we needed one. Yeah. You know, and all of those things make you kind of who you are as an adult. So... I started off in the private sector once I graduated and realized, like, "Mm, I think I want to try this thing at coaching. And a friend of mine was coaching a boys' AAU team. I think there were about 13, 14-year-olds. Everybody thinks they're Michael Jordan and LeBron James. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious, but makes practices really, really fun. So started coaching and kind of got the bug and went back and had a conversation with my coach about kind of what's next. Like, how do I get into coaching? What do I do? I don't know. Like, I literally just graduated. I got a really cool job. It pays me pretty decent. But now I want to try something that now is a passion. So how do I jump off of this cliff and jump into another new body of water? Mm -hmm. So I ended up taking a job. And this is the part where I take you a little bit fast. So ended up taking a job in Meadville, Pennsylvania at Allegheny College, which Mm. is a Division III um, institution, very high academically, Mm. like seriously with the Ivy Leagues. Like my players were like neurosurgeons, want to be neurosurgeons and heart doctors and just amazing women. And um, so went from there to Radford, which is Division I in Virginia. Mm. Then moved to Francis Marion in Florence, South Carolina. And that's kind of how I ended back in the South. And moved from there to Claflin, which is a historically black college in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Then left from there and went to Elizabeth City. These were all coaching women's basketball stops. Mm-hmm. So I'll pause here to kind of bring you up to that. This is where we transition into administrative world. And while I was at Claflin as a head coach, I had an opportunity to work with the SIAC office doing just speaking on behalf of the women's coaches, talking about compliance and how women's women's basketball um, needs to move in whatever direction we were in. And I loved it because I was able to affect change on a higher level. So when I left Claflin and went to Elizabeth City, I went to Elizabeth City as an associate head coach, but I also had responsibilities as a division, as a administrator within the Department of Athletics. And there, my AD gave me some opportunities to be able to organize our football, which was uh, one of our largest fundraisers. That's where I got my hand in asking people for money, which is a big thing in athletics mm-hmm. and um, launching launching a lot of initiatives around fundraising and then started talking to some mentors about what was next and how do I get out of coaching into administration and one of my one of the mentors was like, well, you've got to go back and get your master's degree. And I was like, oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly jumped, got ended up getting an opportunity through a grant funded program at Hampton University, was able to get my master's degree in a year and worked wow. there, worked there for two. I was literally working full time, getting my master's degree. And two months before I graduated, I was offered a position to be the deputy athletics director for internal operations at South Carolina State. Just to put a pin in that part, Claflin and South Carolina State share the same block of the street Mm. in Orangeburg. Uh. So I'm like now going back to, I'm like, what is this? And then 18 months later, get a phone call about UNCW. And I've been here for four years. It has been absolutely amazing. So here I'm the deputy director of athletics. I'm the senior Mm -hmm. woman administrator. Um, Right now I chair our United for Change committee with with the CAA office. I sit on the NCAA Women's Basketball Rules Committee, which goes back to the committee work Mm -hmm. I was doing back. Like all of these things are like literally God preparing you for what's next. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have not, I would not have been as comfortable if I had not had those Mm -hmm. steps along the way to prepare me to be able to feel comfortable in the rooms that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, that's how I got to Wilmington. But the journey here has been nothing short of amazing. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was important, like in the corporate world, like, are you mobile? And you remember that? Are you yes. mobile? We oh, go yeah. somewhere else. Like you are extra mobile. Yes. And so like, how has mobility uh, advanced your career 
quicker than maybe it would have if you would have stuck around at one college or one particular place? Like, how did mobility help your career? Well, athletics, I feel like, is a mobile industry because everyone, you're you're either trying to get to what's next and whatever that goal is, and you understand you've got to be a little bit flexible when mm-hmm. you are making decisions or kind of, do, do I leave South Carolina State and take a position as an assistant athletics director in uh, Maryland or Pennsylvania or Rhode Island? Or do I value being a deputy AD and move into that position in Wilmington Mm -hmm. or um, Atlanta, Georgia, or L.A.? So you've got to figure out where your goals and where your alignment with where you want to be kind of match up. You know, I don't have children. I am single. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> These in case, are questions you, in case you're listening on the podcast you gave a little wink to the YouTube. her profile will be in the comments yeah, from yeah. Gabby that you want to hit her for. up later <laughs> any matchmakers out there no, <laughs> no uh, this is definitely HR body nightmare so um, so I'm single I do not have children you know my, yeah, my parents are healthy which is important to me you know, my siblings are healthy, so it allows me to be a lot more mobile than some people that may have priorities, because mm-hmm. you know, that's a big word. What are your priorities? Mm-hmm. You know, my priorities are a little bit different than someone else's. Not to say anyone else's journey is the wrong way to go or your priorities are wrong and mine are right or whatever. It's the priorities that work for you. Like Mm -hmm. you literally, when you're aligned one, and I'll probably continue to say this, but when you talk to God and and really truly understand where, where your purpose is, what are you supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to be? Those priorities and those things will line up. Mm -hmm. And because I don't have I don't have ailing parents. I don't have children that I would want to stay in one place and be and learn and grow. Or I don't have a husband that has a, a booming career that puts me in a place that stays in one place. I'm able to be a little bit more mobile where I can make decisions to say, you know what? I'm going to leave Durham, North Carolina and move to Meadville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know? There's not a lot of people that did that. So. No. <laughs> And uh, when you learn about lake effect snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew up on lake effect snow. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Northern Ohio. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. Snow comes hard and it comes fast. Yeah, but you did it. So even though you didn't have ailing parents, you didn't have kids, you Mm -hmm. still made a decision to say, hey, these are my life Mm -hmm. priorities. These are my career goals. And Meadville, Pennsylvania might not have like the best shopping or the best restaurant scene, but I'm going to go there because it's going to check a box for me to get to where I want to be in in my career. And like you did it. Mm -hmm. And so some of the advice that I tell like young people is like, sometimes you got to do things that you really like don't want to do. Do I want to live in Meadville, Pennsylvania for the rest of my life? Probably not. But am I going to go there to check a box so I can get yes. one rung up on, you know, my my goals and ambitions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, people that have very um, high ambitions for their career need to sometimes step out of their comfort zones, step away from, you know, the coast or these, yeah. you know, towns that are very desirable and just spend a couple of years somewhere else and yeah. getting different experiences. It's intentionality. Yeah. You've got, like, you literally have to take the bull by the horns. You can't wait for someone else to give you validation to take a position or to apply for a job or to get out of your own way or out of your comfort zone. If you're waiting for someone else or something else other than your alignment to do that, it's going to be a long, frustrating process because yeah. you're you're going to be spinning the wheels waiting for someone to stop it when it's actually you and figuring out what your priorities are, where you are, what are you going to be intentional about? And if it's your career and and literally sitting down, writing it out, writing the roadmap, and then finding mentors, which I call sometimes people like your board of trustees, your board of directors mm-hmm. for your life, people that you know deep down inside have your best interest at heart. That can look you out in the eye and say, Lisa, that's a terrible job. That's a terrible <laughs> decision. And you own it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? You're right. You're right. The money looked good. The but... money looked good, but 
it was taking you back five steps. Mm-hmm. You know, when I left Hampton, I realized now I have student loan debt that I didn't have before. I was not making enough money to be, when when it was time to pay those student loans back, I wasn't even making enough money to even make a payment. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So I knew something had to happen. So it, 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 it would behoove me to be real intentional about either getting a significant raise where I was mm-hmm. or finding somewhere else to go mm-hmm. that check that now salary box Mm -hmm. because I knew when I went to Hampton I had to take a pay cut because it was an opportunity for me to do two things at one time get my master's degree and work in it in administration full-time and have the opportunities that I did have while I was there that's great I want to you said something about mentorship and I think Mm -hmm. that's really important for students coming out of college and you support a lot of College students transitioning mm-hmm. to a working career, what's next after, you know, college athletics even. And I think that not everyone has those mentors in their life. So yeah. what's, what are some ways that you can give advice to kind of our audience on like finding some of those people yeah. who are not necessarily, you know, your direct bosses in your work every time? Because you got to make sure they're they're in it for your success right. and not their part in your success. And mm-hmm. like what are some ways that you think – those that don't have mentors and want them can can find some of those people. Yeah, one of the ways I I was able to do it, you know, I I've been so blessed to have friends who work in this industry. But even outside of them, I'm going to talk about just the outside people that I didn't know when I started. When you become part of um governing body organizations or what the HR, what is the HR conferences that you all have or when you become parts of those Mm -hmm. and you start attending them, you know, whether they have mentorship programs or you see someone who's doing what you do Mm. and just reach out. You know, I promise you, if someone emails me and say, hey, Tiff, can I get 20 minutes of your time just to talk about career and how you got where you are? I can find 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of my day. And there aren't a lot of people who, if they're doing this for the right reasons, they'll stop for you. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, as, as the mentee, be intentional about how you reach out to them. Making sure, hey, can I spend, get 15 minutes or 20 minutes? I would like to ask you do these two, three questions. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even stick your resume or a little short bio in there so they know exactly who they're speaking to. Or when you're going to these conferences and you see people on uh, on panels or doing keynotes, say, hey, my name is Tiffany. I was an attendee at the HR Nightmares Conference. And I enjoyed your session on XYZ. I would love to follow up with you and begin to make those relationships almost like a little organic, but it is intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to follow up if 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 that person didn't get back with you in maybe a week or so or two weeks, you know, follow up. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have to be intentional in building those relationships and keeping them keeping them going. Yeah. And then you got to get get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Open your mouth and speak to people. Yeah. Practice <laughs> like, that elevator practice, pitch. Practice it. And it doesn't have to be all like, you know, I went through Toastmasters and mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of speaking. So I, I, it doesn't have to sound all robotic. Hello, my name is. Some people get freaked out at just literally saying, hi, my name is. And I represent this company or I work for this company or I'm a new grad or I'm a graduate student. And in a year, I'll be looking for an an opportunity to get in this wonderful industry. Here are some of my, you know, things that that are, you know, my areas of expertise or interest. Mm -hmm. Get comfortable hearing your own voice. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of speaking to women and a lot of empowering women, we have to be we have to be okay with hearing our own voice and 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 hearing ourselves mess up and be okay with it. Be get that mm-hmm. confidence to walk in a room and say, you know what, I'm at this conference because there's two things I need to do. I need to find a job within a year and I need to find two people, whether they're men or women, that I would like to mentor me. Get intentional about what the next step is. Mm-hmm. 
You have to. Yeah, that's really good. And I want to note to Gabby that Tiffany uh, mentioned in there somewhere that we're hosting a conference oh God, upcoming say, soon. Oh, yeah. So she's uh, creating I love some it. business for us. Yeah. So in the future, we'll be having HR Nightmares conferences. Yeah. So yeah. just take note. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we get you to speak. If that's yeah. Okay. yeah. She's going to be a speaker. That's what I was she's literally going to Keynote. I will definitely do it. Now, yes, I, I, I truly think when you have that confidence – and you have that presence and you you are like it's almost like when you put on a new dress and things are just fitting yeah. right, your hair's done, your makeup is flawless. That should be that level of confidence that you exude when you talk about your passions and especially what the field of work you're in. Because mm-hmm. we don't want jobs that we don't really like. Yeah. We yeah. don't want that. We want something that we're passionate about and we're eager to do and we want to help people. You guys help people. Yeah. You're saving people from whether it's jail time or headaches. <laughs> jail time. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hope we don't have a lot of that. Yeah, we but. don't want yeah. anybody listening to this podcast going to jail. <laughs> that is a we don't go- want that's that. a yeah. heck no. No. Um, one of the things that you said, you know, even not just for new grads, but maybe really anybody that's in the workforce is having a voice, being comfortable speaking up for your for your own self when it comes to your career. So um, a lot of over the last 20 years or whatever that I've been working in HR, a lot of my advice to employees is about, hey, go to your manager. And if you're going to try to ask for that raise, um, don't just come with like, hey, WTF, like I looked on salary.com and you're paying, you should be paying me 30 grand more. No, no. Um, data is good, but they probably have better data than you anyway. So that's not really the way to approach the conversation. But bring them sort of like a little one page bio about where have you been? Where yes. were you before you worked at this company? Because you know what? I kind of don't remember. And it sucks. But like a lot of managers, they're busy. And if it's been a couple years since you mm-hmm. came on board of the team, they just don't remember all the great things that you did before you got here. So don't let them forget. Mm-hmm. And like just remind them, hey, I have even though I've only been at this company for four years, I really have 15 years of experience in project management mm-hmm. or working as a paramedic or whatever. Um, just remind them, remind them where you went to school. I went to Chapel Hill. I went to Indiana. I went to UNCW. I went to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't remember. They don't remember that you were a phenomenal student, that you were a division one student athlete, that you have all these great hobbies, that you're contributing to the community by um, being on the United Way board or the flotilla board or um, the Cape Fear Museum board. Like you just got to remind people. So like come with a little one pager on yourself. It's okay. They're not going to think you're like some weirdo or like a braggadocious kind of person. Like you're just organized. And you're coming with a goal and you're asking them, I need your help. And Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be part of a success story. So remind them where you came from. Remind them where you want to go and ask them for their help and they will they'll give you something. And and two, don't be afraid to show them where you added value Mm -hmm. in every step of the way. Because sometimes people forget. They do. Or they just you know, you collaborated on something and it was two or three years ago that literally took off and made us a ton of money or saved us a lot of time or helped retain employees or whatever that that project was. Talk to them about that. You know, this is where we started and here's where we're going. And I was able to lead this group the same way you were going on a job interview. And they asked, tell me about a time. <laughs> or, you know, please share with us about a the same way you would go on a job interview when you are going in and asking for that raise, asking for the title change. Mm-hmm. That confidence has to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. But also you have to show you gotta show the boss. You gotta show the decision maker. And then two, when if it's someone that's not you going into the room making a decision about you, you need to make sure that your colleagues and people around the decision maker are using the language about you that you want to hear in those meetings. Lisa is great at leading a team. She's been able to drive profit margins by X amount of dollars. She's been able to create you know, new businesses. She's been able to pull in these community resources for us that we didn't have in the past. She's awesome. As opposed to, okay, guys, do the, you know, do we think that Lisa should get a raise? Well, I, I mean, who is that? I mean, you got to tee them up with the narrative. Is she, is she the one that works? No. Start using that language about yourself that you want people to use when you're not in the room. 
Yeah. One of the people, people I absolutely love is Carla Ann Harris. She works at Morgan Stanley, and she's been there for well over almost 40 years. And she says, you have to train people. You have to teach people the words that you want to for, want them to use when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with I, that. I'm a leader. I'm a strategist. I'm analytical. Sometimes I can be a hard person, but guess what? It's all for the greater right. good of the business. Nobody wants a leader with no backbone. So you have to use that, that language. That way, if you're the person who gets to go in the room and ad- advocate for yourself, you know the language. And if you're not the person in the room, that you can, those people in the room know exactly who you are and what you bring to that business. Great advice. Mm-hmm. I know you had some questions yeah. for Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I admire you just because I, too, like, being a college student, and I love the college, like, the college life and just mm-hmm. working with students, trying to find find themselves. Um, right out of college, I work closely at the Center for Innovation here in town. Awesome. Um, so I was, I was seeing students all the time. So, um, but I also have a lot of friends that are D1 athletes. And they're struggling mm-hmm. with all the stress of like, oh, I want to be, I want to play um, professional sports, mm-hmm. and that's my life. I've been playing football for ten, fifteen years. It's my life, mm-hmm. and now their stress are like, how can I transition if I don't make it pro? Yeah, is there still an option for me in the workplace? And trying to get over that, like the barriers and all of that. So I'm just interested on like what resources and how would you talk mm-hmm. to them? Um, and like the skills, like transferable from like sports yeah. to in the workplace, you know, all that. That's the part, transferable right. skills. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, so many companies come by and they specifically target athletes mm-hmm. because you're al- you've already got the self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You've you've got the hard work. You've got the teamwork. You've got all of these soft skills that everyone loves so much that sometimes you can't teach people who've been to college for however many years and have all of these certifications. There are some skills that you just can't teach people. Mm-hmm. So what I would say to that student athlete, one, if you went to a, a, a decent university, mm-hmm. Because we know that there are a couple out here that <laughs> now, uh, if you went to <laughs> if you went to if you went to a decent institution, I would circle back and talk to my academic advisors in athletics because we're we're all tied to companies who target student athletes. I know Enterprise is one of them, and they mm-hmm. have like the management yeah. trainee programs. Like, there's so many companies that really love, and then there's um, apps that student athletes have built to link other student athletes to, you know, whether it's entry-level positions. Um, The Career Center on campus Mm -hmm. is huge. Nadira runs our uh, Career Center on campus, and during our Board of Trustee meetings, she shows all of the companies that touch our campus and hire our students. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that if... We have a student athlete that had some high goals for themselves, but maybe was not able to be successful, that we're able to circle them back mm-hmm. with. Um, I know at Carolina, we had an alumni kind of job mm-hmm. market fair thing on um, online that if you were looking for a position and, you know, you just not hadn't been able to find anything on your own, that you can circle back and go to the Career Center on campus. Mm-hmm. We just need to make sure that if, if a student does need help and they are circling back, that mm-hmm. we connect them. And I hate that some people do suffer in silence a little too long, but once they give it life and give it a voice, because mm-hmm. sometimes shame sets in because you, yeah. didn't, you didn't meet the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, I haven't found that yeah, job. Yet. Yeah, you yeah. didn't find a job, and I didn't get and the, I didn't the, make it make pro. It pro. Yeah, you know that there's some shame there. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just making being intentional about circling back, and that's why, you know, at, with our coaches and making sure that our alumni networks are pretty tight. You know, even if you got somebody that goes to leaves Wilmington and goes to California, when you have alumni day. Have them write. I know on at Carolina we have to write our what our profession and what we're doing right now on a sheet. Mm-hmm. I would if if I had an alum that did not fill in that, I would want to call her and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, like, 
hey, I noticed you didn't fill out the employment piece. Mm-hmm. You know, anything good, anything we can help you with? And it may just be an oversight or I was just doing it real fast and mm-hmm. forgot. But you double back and you check. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't if we don't do it, then that may be someone who's suffering in silence that mm-hmm. has the shame, mm-hmm. but encircling them and getting them with resources, whether it's on campus or in the community. That's one of the things I, I've I've loved about meeting people like Lisa and um, oh, Chakima at Channel and um, Tracy at Genesis Block, like understanding kind of what they do to be able to help our students mm-hmm. in an entrepreneurial space or mm-hmm. trying to find a job and how do they do it and creating resumes. And that way, everything doesn't have to be on campus. Mm-hmm. You can find an awesome you know, community resource that can help you as well. Yeah. So we've got to follow up. Mm-hmm. And then we have to link them to, like I said, we have an awesome career center. Why not use that? Right. Yeah. Right. I'd I'm, imagine there's also some like just – kind of providing them with good like mental health resources oh, too in that transition whole, right mm-hmm. and that's a whole another thing but that yeah. that's a real challenge and we've seen a lot of like the statistics mm-hmm. on like olympic athletes right and how much they struggle you know from yeah. life after that athletic experience so there's a little bit of that too that comes from mm-hmm. our college athletes and like okay, they're, they're really, yeah, they had this college experience and it was academic, but a lot of their experience was rooted in this like teamwork and this camaraderie Mm -hmm. and this competitive place. And now it's taking them and having that apply that in a professional way. Mm -hmm. And it does feel and look a little different and help support them with that transition. Mental health has been, it's been a trendy topic for about the last five, six years. Mm -hmm. And if you are real in yourself, we didn't really start openly talking about going to therapists and counselors till about maybe four years ago, three, mm-hmm. four years ago. It was a thing you did in private that nobody else knew about, maybe a couple of close friends, but no one was talking about I'm struggling mentally. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you think back, probably about 15, maybe right at 20 year mark, we were talking about Adderall, we were talking about ADHD, and we we, we mm-hmm. kind of hushed. We, we wanted to hush it and put it to the side because these these children, because they talked about it with most more so with children, because we heard all the commercials and all the things that we could we could take for it. But it was like this shameful thing. Now you see commercials on TV with people living their best lives, running on the beach. <laughs> And I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, this is normal. It's on TV now. And now, and it's 2022, so now there are people of all shades on TV talking about mental health Mm -hmm. and how they're stressing and how they're coping and the medicine that they're taking. So because, one, media has been a huge factor in Mm -hmm. promoting mental health one way or the other, because all of it isn't good pub, um, and then resources. There are probably a lot more therapists and counselors than there were probably 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing an uptick in it in athletics, one, because of the, comp- the competitive aspect. Mm-hmm. These are students that are expected to do everything that a normal student who isn't an athlete is going through, in addition to compete at a very high level. Right. When? When. <laughs> Be a great teammate, mm-hmm. be a great girlfriend, boyfriend, be a great uh, parent, uh, parent Child. to a possibly kid, mm-hmm. or be a, just be a great kid to your own parents and go through life changes in your hormones mm. and you're trying to figure out who you are, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do, who you need to be, all of these uh, these things going on. And because of the shame years ago, and now they're starting to talk about it. And and we've got to figure out how to get more resources to it. You know, our counseling center just hired about four or five new counselors in the counseling center. Oh, wonderful. That's great. Because of the demand. Yeah. But what happens to the institutions that do not have the resources right. to do that? You know, um, we were fortunate to get some resources to be able to hire a person um, part time. And we're looking for a new we're going to look for a new one in the fall to do that again. But 
I'm putting pressure on our finance guy. Let's find more money so I can hire a full-time person specifically for our athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to the Carolinas, the Dukes, the NC States of the world, they've got a full-time person embedded in their department. And that's great because, one, student athletes, we've got this thing with trust. I don't want to tell people I'm weak or I'm hurting. Oh, yeah. You know, I... I'm telling my coach, coach, I'm suffering with some mental anguish or I've got anxiety. No one is using that language with their coach because I need my coach to see me as Tiffany that's ready to go, Tiffany that's the team captain, Tiffany that's the 4.0 student, Tiffany that is amazing in the community. She is our all-around girl. Meanwhile, when I go home, I'm binging binging and purging and I'm harming myself and I've had suicidal ideations. You see, yeah, you, yeah. you can't tell your coach that sometimes. It's like so, you got to get yeah. proactive exactly. on like not waiting till they mm-hmm. reach out to you, but you going yeah. to them and being like, and we then, think you need this. Right. Embedding a face yeah. in the department that they see all the time. Like if we hire Dr. Lisa and she's in our department, embedded in the department and they know like, well, what does she? Well, you know, she's a. She's a psychologist or she's a therapist. Right. Oh, okay. And you see him at practice or you see her at games. And it's like, hmm, maybe I should go by and see her and see what she does. Because yeah. I've had a couple feelings that I'm I'm sad about something. Mm-hmm. When they see that person, there's a level of trust mm-hmm. that they they can go and they know it's a confidential resource. And I've seen it in some of our students that may have been struggling with some things. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Go talk to this person over in the counseling center. Or just, you know, even if you don't go anymore, just check it out one time. And they'll go and, you know, and they'll come back and say, you know what, it was really good to talk to someone outside of my coach, outside of Mm -hmm. my teammates, outside of my boyfriend, girlfriend, outside of my parents. Someone that just could give me some feedback with me as opposed to listening to about all the other things. So um, I think... Finding more resources for college athletics departments to be able to embed someone full time in our departments is going to be huge. You know, um, I can't leave this topic without just talking about the lives that have been lost due to suicide recently and even before due to mental health. And then also the LGBTQIA plus community. There's a lot of people who mm-hmm. are struggling that do not have the resources, especially in athletics, in such a specified place. We've got people for academics. We've got people for athletic training. We've got people to do strength and conditioning. This now has to be one of those departments mm-hmm. that we fund intentionally. Mm-hmm. So thinking about um, organizations, you, you have a great organization, you're hiring four counselors, you're trying to get your own in the athletic department, but mm-hmm. organizations that struggle with resources can't hire a full-time mm-hmm. counselor. The one thing that I would just say is like, most of these kids probably have insurance through their parents and like normalizing, mm-hmm. bringing that up as a topic in the team huddle once a month mm-hmm. or something like that might help normalize. Hey guys, did you yeah. know that with you, are you in your parents' insurance? Okay. Um, you can actually go just for like 20 bucks. And if you need the 20 bucks, maybe you can find 20 bucks in the athletic <laughs> department budget, right? Like be able to help with the co-pays or something mm-hmm. like that, but normalize the idea that they can go see a counselor through their medical insurance plan for a nominal fee. And they should do that, especially if you notice that they're struggling. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing we've had issues with that is students not wanting their parents to find out. Mm. Because, you know, of course, insurance companies send you the bill with what who whatever they paid on the bill. And the students don't want their parents to find out. But for those who parents already know, if they want a third party outside, we've been able to find some resources. And our counseling center has been awesome with supplying me with resources outside of our counselors on campus to be able to connect them. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the students going home this past week, there's a, I send an email, well, we call it an email, but we have a, Teamworks is a program we use to be able to go right to all of our students' phones. And I just sent a list of resources that if you put in where you live, they'll show you counselors in your area. Oh, what a so, great tool. Yeah. Teamworks. So, yeah. So we, we sent it out. 
That way, if someone was having weekly conversations with someone on campus or someone mm, here in up. North Carolina, but now they live in Georgia, and I know with licensing and mental, mental health has so yeah. many freaking yeah. rules. Mm-hmm. So with licenses and, you know, they're able to find someone in their local area or somewhere close, even if you don't want to go in your small town, you don't want to go to somebody that you may go to church with. So you, you, in you can find, yeah. Then oh <laughs> lord, <laughs> definitely everybody in Meadville know each other. But um, but yeah, just trying to make sure that they know that we're thinking about them, and if there are resources that we can push out to them, especially free mm. resources because they are students and everyone isn't out to their parents. Everyone isn't using mental health um, resources that their parents know about. So if we can push resources to them to help, um, we, we definitely do that. And we try to have conversations at the beginning of the year with all of our students. And we have, um, this year, we're going to have Dr. Mark Perez Lopez from the Counseling Center meet with every team. He's going to personally meet with every team. So nobody in our athletics department, from coach to student athlete, will know know that we have a counseling center, and this is the person who runs it. Oh, I love it. That's great. Yep. So we just want, like I said, we want to take any doubt, any like I said, we want to take the stigma, we want to take the elephant out of the room, you know, and even as administrators, when we talk to the students, we want to make sure that they know, like, hey, we have counseling available. We had uh, JMU uh, had a student, a softball student athlete who committed suicide a few weeks ago, and that really impacted our team. Mm-hmm. And it was important to get a counselor to come over and do some type of grief counseling for them. Because you, I have 25 student-athletes that I can't triage because you don't know what they have going on. And you want to make sure that you're getting them to the resource that can help them process this life that was lost. You know, in the, in the world of athletics, we all know each other. You know, our parents, our friends from travel ball mm-hmm. to, you know. Yeah, like, competing for a long time. Yeah. yeah. My parents still know some of my AAU, my high school teammates' parents and hang out. Mm-hmm. So I know that these students, they're not even far removed in age from each other and years. So I know they know each other. And that it just hits home. So it's important that. I recognize as an administrator of this department that something's happened somewhere else, but it definitely is affecting my team. We had somebody come over, and it was a really good conversation, and our students were able then to make the decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. Do I follow up with a one-on-one, or am I okay? Mm -hmm. Do I take the resources and the pamphlets that she brought over and went through, or am I okay, you Mm -hmm. know? Or did I just need to know that everybody, that we were on the same page? You know, so like I said, it's it's hard. But if you aren't aware and talking about these things, there are people who miss the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing with our last couple minutes that I want to do, um, you were a coach for a long time before becoming an administrator. And one of the things coaches do so well mm-hmm. in college um, sports is recruit. Yes. Um, And so there's tips and tricks that you could probably kind of like tell the business community that might be listening that work in college athlete recruiting that could also work for you. What might some of those tips be? Well, you may be on LinkedIn, but your student athletes are on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's a tip. No, and it's crazy because we try to talk to the students about getting LinkedIn profiles, connecting with groups, and they're like, what is LinkedIn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? it's the generation. I I think you're right. In a sense, it's important to have a brand across mm-hmm. like a couple of platforms and realize like you got to go to the platform that the people you want are yes, using. Exactly. Not the one you want. And to you use. don't yeah. want them looking at the pictures with you with your tongue out and your two piece fingers up and your bikini at the beach. That's not the brand. That's not the present that you want. Unless so, it is your brand. And, <laughs> unless it is your brand. However... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Tiffany Tucker is not doing that. So, you know, unless that is your brand. But when, you know, I will say get in contact early. I think first contact, early contact is the best way. If that's what you're intentional about hiring. If you if your company has had success in hiring former student athletes or former people who have been around college athletics because we have some great managers. We have some great graduate students that have worked in our department that have gone on to do some tremendous things. So if that's what's been working for you, first touch is early. Get in contact with the local with the local school in your area. Talk to the academic advisor in charge if there is a career center on that campus. Because depending on how small an institution is, they may outsource that. So if they if you have someone on that in your department that can go and have a conversation with someone in that department and whether that's the deputy AD or somebody get someone on the phone and say you know what I work at X company and we have jobs available and I've had some great success hiring student athletes and would love to get in front of your student athletes to tell them about the opportunities. Because I'll, I tell my students this, when you're going into a job, it's dating. I've got to yeah. figure out if I like you mm-hmm. and you've got to figure out if you like me. So if I'm instilling that in them, I want them to know that you you came looking for an athlete. Mm-hmm. Because I tell, I'll tell them all the time, you're so special because you are. Because you have all of these things that nobody else has, these experience that no, the experiences that no one else has. So I think first touch is early. And we know the early bird gets the worm. So if you if you can get it before, and and I know this to be true because I have a friend of mine whose son works for one of the top one of those top three accounting firms mm-hmm. in Charlotte. They gave him a full scholarship out of high school. Once he completed the program, the, the accounting program at the institution he went to, in each each summer they gave him a paid, full-time paid wow. internship this every is, summer. How have we never heard of this? And this then, is awesome. And then when he graduated, they were like, you are so awesome, we're going to send you to whatever uh, graduate school you want to go to 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 be able to major in, whether it's accounting, finance, whatever it is in that business area, they paid for that. Hmm. And guess what? Now he's going to work with this big time company full time, making probably, I would say probably upwards of $150,000, $200,000 coming out of graduate school. Mm-hmm. And that's because they got him early. What an incredible commitment by both. Mm-hmm. Both the family and the company mm-hmm. to identify a senior in high school. Wow, that's crazy. And and understand, Wonderful. it's a it gamble. Right, it's a gamble. But I will say, his test scores were amazing. He was a student athlete in high school. He, I mean, did all the things, the community service pieces. He was he was doing all. He was the perfect candidate for this. And you've got to be willing to take a risk. And, and get it early. And that's what they did. They they invested in someone each year. Because if you got you set your benchmarks, of course, you know, certain GPA, this continues to roll over. You continue to get the summer opportunities. Boom, you graduate with honors. All, he's all everything coming out of undergrad. And then he gets an opportunity to go anywhere he wanted to for graduate school. And now, I mean... It awesome. almost makes me emotional talking about him because <laughs> I know him and it's he's just such a great you know, he's not a kid anymore. He's such a great man. And but I but I know it to be true because I've seen it. And if you get them early and nurture that relationship early, getting involved in institutions, but being a sponsor, something a student sees all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I know that company. I will want to go to I, I've known them since I was in college. You know, if, if a student can relate your company to their life, mm-hmm. it, it takes the weird out of the room because I know them, whether I know everybody who works there or not. So if you get there early, and like I said, I don't know anyone, uh, I don't know any campuses that will turn down someone coming to recruit their right. student athletes. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to forego the conversation that we would probably have in the fall over the phone and just request a date 
to come on, come on in and talk to your student athletes. Yes. We've got tons of clients that would love to get access to them. Yeah, um, yeah. we definitely love our uh, UNCW graduates and UNCW yeah. student athletes would be fabulous to get in yeah. front of any it's, company, it's whether great. you're a client or not. We have a company who even um, they sponsor the etiquette dinner we do for our students. Mm. And we have a person come in, and of course we teach them all the forks and knives. Oh and yeah, how, you know all of the things that we learn by mistake. For me, I learned them in college because we did have an etiquette professional professional come in and teach us because we were having all of these big time meals. Yeah, and booster. You don't want to be looking and, at yeah. looking at the fork like I don't know what that one is, but <laughs> so we had someone to come in and teach us those things, and we do that for our students, and we have a company who's committed to you know, hosting that and sponsoring that. And they come in, of course, and talk about their business. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if people are interested in sponsoring some things with UNCW yes, Athletics, you got to get in touch with yeah. Tiffany Tucker. Let's do it. Let's um, do it. It's a partnership. How do people get in touch with you? So you can always go to uncwsports.com and I'm on the directory or feel free to email me directly at tuckert at uncw.edu. Or hit her up on LinkedIn. Oh, Instagram. Can, oh, link, Are you on Instagram? Inst- I am. <laughs> All right. I, I have a personal Instagram. TikTok. Oh, okay. Right. But professionally, LinkedIn <laughs> but, would be a nice LinkedIn, place to connect. Link, yeah. I do have a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, so, Tiffany, Tiffany D. Tucker on LinkedIn. Um, but like I said, feel free. Give me a call. Shoot me an email. Let's connect. Like I said, we have some great opportunities for, for people if they really want to partner with our students and getting in front of them early and having that exposure. Like I said, even um, Rob Brickles with marketing. We we do a lot of local stuff. And even with student athletes and NIL, the name, image, and likeness. There are a couple local businesses who, you know, work with our student athletes and some name, image, and likeness opportunities. So, awesome. yeah, like Good. I said, it, athletics is a, it's an awesome world and it's so much, it's so much opportunity as this thing continues to grow. That's so great. No. Yeah. Well, I'm excited so for you and CW yeah. that you're on the staff and oh, um, leading the athletes to be successful citizens and yeah. professionals out there after graduation and just thank you for being here today no, awesome. thanks for having me like I said you guys are doing incredible work like seriously having these these table talks these conversations um, it honestly I know they help people who are probably struggling I, t- I tell people all the time leadership sometimes can be lonely because is, you because yeah. you you, you're you struggling with something that you really can't talk to anyone about mm-hmm. <laughs> And you guys creating this platform gives someone that advice probably that they need, you know, especially with the right ends. I love when you guys answer the right ends <laughs> because I'm sure that some leader, some lonely leader that's out there struggling, they, they can't talk about it because it's an HR deal. And if I say too much, then they'll know who I'm talking about. Right. And I, and I can't get help. But this is an opportunity to do it with a mask on. And yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Aw. Keep you. sending in those write-ins. Yeah. yeah. We love them. <laughs> love them. Do you want to tell people how to get in touch with Leith HR and what WorkTalk is? Yeah, of course. So Leith HR, we are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, HR <laughs> Nightmares on YouTube and Spotify, all the all the podcast platforms out there. Make sure that you hit that notification bell so you know when we release new episodes. If you like what we're talking about, you like what you're hearing, leave us a review. We want to know. We want to hear. Um, let others find us too. So, and then work talk also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the things. Employee check in app, um, manager to employees on the go. Talk to your folks. Super important. Check yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you. And awesome. connect with each one of us. Uh, Amy Conway, Lisa Leith, Gabby Plume. Um, we're on all the socials. Thanks for tuning in. Next time. <laughs>